more of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff, Cent- uh, Cliff Central's very unhappy hour. I don't know what's going on with my headphones here. Here we go. We're in. We're in. It's Tuesday, and you're tuned into the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindicue, the good news guy. We're joined today by Nikki Abbott. Good morning. Let's put you on as well. Let's get all the mics on here. Joined uh, with Nikki Abbott today. She's our good news correspondent all the way from Harrogate. How are you doing, Nick? I'm good, thanks, Cindy. It's always good having you in studio. Thanks. It's nice to be back. It's, well, we love having you in studio because you bring so much good energy and all the good stories, and, and we're all about the good stuff. We've also got Andrew Ross joining us in studio. Who's not from Harrogate. Well, no, you're not from Harrogate. Where are you from? Oh, I don't know. Right now, somewhere very, very deep in dark. Uh, apparently, you went out last night. Hush, lies, and filth. Wasn't me. I know nothing about last night, literally and figuratively. No, we all went out last night. Uh, big parties in Joburg. The summer season is here. Uh, it's, it's definitely silly season. It's kicked in. Everybody's uh, out and about having a good time. And it usually does kick off the day before the 16th. In South Africa, the 16th of December is a public holiday. Next, do you know what today is all about? Um, I actually don't. Educate me. Educate you. It's the day of reconciliation in, in South Africa. I'm just going to turn up Mike. I'd like to reconcile with my liver right now. <laughs> and your brain for the memories of last night. Th- this is the good stuff. It's it's not about talking about your your hangover. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the day of reconcili- reconciliation, which officially became a public holiday after 1994. It's been celebrated for years and years and years. But before that, it was. Um, separate for Afrikaans people and for African people. It was a different holiday. Um, I think the Afrikaans people called it the Day of Vow. Uh, but it's become the Day of Reconciliation, and it's where all the different racial groups, whether you're black, white, Cape Malay, whatever you are in South Africa, it's where we all come together and we stand together for the sake of South Africa. Um, it's about coming together. And and I think we need to remember that. It's uh, It's a... It's a grey, dreary day in Johannesburg. Uh, but we must all remember that we're all human beings and we're here together and it's important. No, I think that's, that's, a, that's a cool thing to remember for today. I feel the weather is reminding me of the UK quite nicely. So it's, uh, it's taking me home for the day, which is quite nice. Yeah, you must be completely used to this sort of weather. Um, yeah, the, the rain doesn't bother me so much. As you can see, I've already been out this morning into the rain um, on my horse, so that uh, that doesn't stop me. Not at all. And this th- this is like your Christmas weather in the UK. Yeah, um, a little bit colder. <laughs> okay, when I say a little bit, I mean a lot colder. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally the wet. Um, but, you know, to me, that's how Christmas should be. To me, Christmas is cold and wet. And Hopefully a, a little bit of snow and frost on the ground. Unfortunately, you're not going to get any snow yet. No, you're right, I'm not. In South Africa, <laughs> our Christmases are all about summer shorts, uh, t-shirts, bikinis, beach weather. And uh, and today is just not very Christmassy. No, I have to say that's the one thing that is hardest to get used to being in this country and staying here for Christmas. is getting used to being able to lie by the pool on Christmas Day, which is actually amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus. Yes. All right, so today we're going to be catching up with all the good news that happened over 2014. It's been a great year. There's been, I mean, we just had all of that stuff happen yesterday in Australia with uh, the Sydney siege, which is not great. Um, there's always ups and downs. There's always pros and cons. But for the biggest part of it, we've had a, a fantastic year. So I'm going to go back uh, into the year and look at a couple of different things that, that may have surfaced that I found interesting and that I, I found that was good. And the first thing that was on my radar is uh, South Africa Tourism released the most amazing video, which it was part of their campaign at the beginning of the year. The video was all about South Africa, and it shows an older man sort of, you can see he's a tourist, but it's touch, taste, it's the experience of South Africa that he was going through. And at the end of the video, you realize that he's blind. Oh, wow. It, it was the most emotional video that they released, and it was really, really something spectacular. Andrew, did you manage to see that video? Uh, yeah, I did. I think I think SA Tourism in general has got a really good track record in um, doing unconventional things in the digital space. Uh, and I think that video is a prime example of that. It was released, 
it was released as a digital campaign. They've used it as a TV ad, but it uh, it was actually meant to live online. It's just a really, really powerful piece of, of advertising. It's really cool. It was amazing. And it, it's South Africa's got a lot of good sides to offer. We recently had family over from Australia, and we got to show them the best bits of South Africa. Yeah, I have to say, obviously, I get visitors often coming over from the UK to visit me, and that's the best part. As much as people say, do you not get bored of doing the same stuff over and over again? But to be honest, I don't think I could ever get bored of doing the good stuff that I take them to do around South Africa. And we do have so much of it. If you just think off the top of your hand, you could easily, if if family come over, um, the, the greatest, the Orlando Towers, which I went to, which were was amazing. The the Lion Park, which was incredible. Uh, down in Cape Town, Table Mountain, Camps Bay, uh, Clifton. There's there's just so many to mention. The, the wine farms are incredible. I found a new wine farm when I was down there a couple of weeks ago called Takara, which I fell in love with. It's um its wine tasting facility is sort of on the the second or third floor, so it's quite elevated. And the window that it looks over is this, these rolling mountains of the vineyards. Wow! It's just the most beautiful, and you're getting to drink amazing wine. Well, yeah, that's just the that is a bonus there. The bonus on top. Uh, favorite part of of sort of South Africa for you? Oh, I don't think I could even pick. Um, I mean, I've I've not done the whole of South Africa. Obviously, I'm still I'm still moving my way around. I think that you've done more than most. There's some people that don't even they they don't even get around. Yeah, actually, having said that, I've spoken to a couple of South Africans where I've been like, okay, um, I've got family over, we're going down to Durban, what should we do? And they're like, oh, well, I've never been to Durban. I'm like, you live in South Africa and you haven't been to Durban. That's like me saying I live in England and never been to London. Exactly. This year, actually, Durban topped the list. Uh, CNN released a list of the top 10 most underrated cities in the world. And Durban came out as like number two or three. It's underrated. Not many people know much about it. Uh, and that was this year. They released that list. And it, it, it is an incredible, incredible place. The, the bunny chow. Yeah, and the beaches are beautiful there. I mean, I've been a couple of times now um, staying in Belito, but the weather has always been beautiful. The people are nice there. No, I, I actually I actually love going to Durban. It's one of the best. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of other surveys that have happened this year uh, with South Africa where we're they found South Africa to be part of the survey. One was released this morning, and uh, one, of, one of the Cliff Central crew actually sent it to me. It's called roughguides.com, and Johannesburg has come in at number one as one of the best cities in this roughguides.com, where I don't, I mean, I need to read up on it properly, but um, from what I understand, it's, it's all the attractions that we have where we come in number one, as well as another survey that did this year uh, where they, they found South Africa's South Africans to be the most friendly people in the world. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, you go to some places. I mean, I've heard people say to me, like, I'm lucky for, I'm from the north of England because people down south, I mean, and that's known within England as well. You know, the southerners of England are not the most friendly of, of people. You tend to walk around London and don't greet anybody. Whereas here, you know, everybody's happy to greet you. Everybody's happy to help. Everybody's happy for a conversation, which is rare to find around the world. I don't think so. I think, I think as South Africans, we, we do ourselves a disservice. We do not realize a lot of the, a lot of the good stuff, ironically, that goes on in the country. It's very easy to be introspective and look at the bad and the... Mm. ESCOM and the power and all that stuff, but but we are inherently a very positive nation. And uh, ask, if you take the time to ask anybody that's been here from overseas, been here on holiday, uh, been here and just chosen to stay. I know, I don't know a single person that's gone to the UK and chosen to stay. They go there for a reason, they go there for a purpose, they go there because they want to do something. But uh, I can probably name five people right now I know just in my own frame of reference that have come here for one reason or another and stayed. Nikki, okay, Nikki, I'm, just put a hand I'm up. Yeah. Sitting right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, I'm I'm either fortunate or unfortunate that I get to travel a huge amount. So, I mean, in the past uh, three months, I've been oh, Australia, Europe. I've been all the way up through Africa, and so just being exposed to other people in different scenarios and other cultures and other countries, um, we do not realize how good South Africans are at being South African. There's something very unique about it. There's something very um, uh, tangible about the friendliness and the approachableness and the way that uh, that South Africans are perceived by other people around the world um, in a work environment, in a social environment, in a holiday environment is very cool. Um, uh, Brent mentioned about a family from Australia, and I mean that's uh, 
people that grew up on the other side of the pond, nowhere near lint factories, but they grew up on the other side of the pond and they've come over here now and their exposure and, and sort of seeing South Africa through a tourist's eyes was really interesting. And it didn't matter where we went. We were in Durban. Uh, we were in uh, the bush. We were in Cape Town. Um, and the, irrespective of the experience, the overriding, overarching sentiment was that the people of South Africa are phenomenal. And we don't give ourselves enough credit for that. We don't give enough, uh, ourselves enough credit for the resilience that we've built up and the attitude that we have and the, what's that, what's that African saying? A boer maka plan. A boer maka plan. A boer maka plan. Which next means, uh, basically, a farmer makes a plan. In simulcast, a farmer makes a plan. <laughs> Subtitles here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's true. It's true. We don't, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And I think, I think the one thing that we need to take from, from, being South African is we are highly regarded around the world for our work ethic and everything else, for our approach, for our attitude. And we need to take a little bit of that inside and, and like uh, externalize it, I think. And maybe the SA Tourism video did that. Sorry, that's where I was going with that whole story, by the way. The whole story. All right, so I'm going to play a little game with, uh, let's do it with Andrew. We're going to do best, best and worst, where you get to choose. These are surveys that were done for different South African things and and you get to choose whether they were on the best side or the worst side. Are you ready? Mm, not sure I like this, but let's go. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start. Um, Cape Town traffic. Best. Ding, ding, ding. That is wrong. It's actually worst. Uh, on the annual global traffic index, it is the worst in the world, Cape Town traffic. Have they been to William Nickel? I was going to say, have, have they ever tried to they? drive William Nickel at 8 o'clock on a yeah. work weekday morning? Hey, hey, hey. Don't don't knock William Nickel. That they've survey just, fails. They, they've just opened up like three more lanes on either side. Down that end. They need to now work on them more close to Santonham. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree with the survey. I demand a recount. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I want a recount right now. All right, next. Europe. Um, the Test Kitchen, which is a restaurant. Best or worst? Mm, a restaurant has to be good, surely, to be on a serve. No, actually. Oh, pressure. I'm going to go with worst. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You have failed. It is um, on the best, and it was the Eat Out magazine that chose the Test Kitchen uh, as one of the best restaurants in, in South Africa. So I think definitely um, we need to go there. I've heard of it before. I've heard that the stuff is pretty amazing. They serve like an eight-course meal. Oh, wow. And it's all little little bites that you eat, and there's drinks in between, and it's quite cool. Andrew, uh, we're going to go with the maths and science marks in South Africa. What? Do they exist? Uh, has to be. <laughs> um, yeah, worst. Uh, you are right. We have a winner. Bing, bing, bing. It is uh, the worst in the world, actually. Our, our maths and science marks. I don't know if that's winning or losing. I was going to say, I'm not sure if no, you need to be so no, joyful guys, about Guys, I think there's something noble in the principle of just dumbing the entire system down to the point that you force people to pass. I think that's great. It's yeah. I, I want a job like that. I want a job where... You wake up in the morning and you go, I'm the MD of this company. I have to do all this stuff. And a week later, like they go, oh, no, well, why don't you just sweep the floors and we'll still make you the MD because that's what everyone's doing now. I just don't get it. I really don't get our education principles, but let's not start on that. They rate us as like the maths and science comes basically second yeah. last in the, all the countries in the world. So is that based on, because I know that your guy's pass rate here is slightly different to what the pass rate is. Massively different. Yeah, basically to pass maths in South Africa right now, all you need to do is tickle a lobster on the side <laughs> of its head uh, seven times horizontally anti-clockwise and they pass you. It has nothing to do with your ability to actually count. Awesome. That's, I'm going back to school. <laughs> uh, being able to actually do arithmetic is a side effect to passing maths in this country right now. It's it's entirely inconsequential to the result of your exam marks. And if you don't believe me, ask Julius Malema. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of people in the politics don't have great maths marks. I don't know if I'm liking this game. Um, I'm going to do one more, and uh, it's for Nikki. District 9. That has to be a best. And you are right. It's one of the best movies in South Africa, as rated by IMDb. Um, it's one of our best exports. Uh, yeah, but it's also got a really good story behind it. I mean, Neil Blomkamp himself is a is a 
is a, is a dodgy Canadian South African. He was born here, but he practices craft in Canada. Let's be honest. But <laughs> but no, I'll tell you what I like about Neil Blomkamp in District Nine and the whole way that he works is that he's he's built himself um, a very honourable set of supporting actors that he constantly supports. So, like in um, his new movie, which Chappie, I want to say, I was going to say Charlie is called Chappie. Um, and even in Elysium, um, he's constantly doing good for South African actors. And um, I'm, I've got a friend who's who's one of those actors. He was actually in studio a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, Brandon Orette. We I brought Brandon Orette in, uh, sat and caught up with him, yeah. and he's doing a hell of a lot of work. And Neil and Neil goes out of his way to ensure that South African talent is uh, put on the world stage through his movies, and that that to me is I think probably a slightly bigger story than the piece of work of District 9, which, let's be honest, is about a man becoming a prawn. Um, should have been sponsored by Ocean Basket. That's a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think that the really, really, really cool thing for me is that Neil, as famous as he is and as A-list as he is, and he, he is literally doing everything he can to still support South African talent. I mean, I know for a fact that, like Brandon uh, Orette, he flew him to... LA to the premiere, uh, did the red carpet, et cetera, et cetera, almost, almost because he wanted South Africans to be seen and exposed. And I think if, if, if people like Neil Blomkamp can do that, it's a really, really good story for other South Africans out there in the world doing great things, Elon Musk, et cetera, to take a, take a, a small chapter out of Neil Blomkamp's book because he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to cast South Africans and fly them to Canada to shoot. He does it because he feels, I suppose, required to give something back to the country and that's, uh, that's really, really, really cool. Look, I, I think he sometimes gets it really wrong as well. His movies are great, but when I had Brandon in here, I said to Brandon, he's worked with all these A-listers. He's worked with Hugh Jackman. He's worked with... Uh, Hugh's huge? Huge. Ackman. Huge Ackman. <laughs> so, Jodie Foster. There's, there's been amazing people that he's worked alongside in these movies. And I asked him, has he ever come across a diva? Because you, you know. They, yeah, you, there has to, you have to come across loads of them. And his answer was, he's only come across two. In all the time that he's worked together, he's only come across two. Hugh Jackman, on the set of... Uh, of I think it's Chappie that, he, that he's in. On the sets of Chappie, at the first day of filming, when everybody got to set, Hugh Jackman went and bought lottery tickets for every single person on set, which sounds like such a trivial thing, but it's actually not. Because there's, what, how many people on set? 400, 500? Yeah, that's He bought nice. lottery tickets for everybody. And no one would have said if they won. But uh, I think it's a cool gesture. It's yeah, a really cool gesture. Cool. The two divas that... Uh, that Brandon said that he had worked with, and this is where I think Neil sometimes gets it wrong, was the Antwerth. A- apparently, they were awful. They had a rider list as long as my arm that they needed in their trailers. Uh, they wouldn't eat with everybody else. They, they just had all these demands, and they were really, really almost unprofessional. Yeah, that, that kind of ruins it, I guess. When you meet someone that you've kind of seen doing great things and then all of a sudden when you actually meet them in person they're not that great exactly but we I mean we can look forward to the movie it comes out in March next year Chappie it looks incredible yeah the, the only thing I'll say on that and I mean I've I've worked with some pretty famous people in my time I went name drop any divas Branson um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, for those of you that don't <laughs> speak mumble he said Branson Schwarzenegger and uh Oprah. Oprah. There's a to everybody. Nikki, look under your seat. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, I think, I, I think the point is this. I think, uh, and I mean, I don't think anybody really is going to know the real truth about the Dionford thing with, with Neil Blomkamp and whatever. I think, I think it's really easy to get sucked up in the hype and a lot of people live their publicity. So I'm not sure in that case who Dionford really are, who they were on set, etc. what was hype, what was, what was being done for PR purposes and what's real. Um, at the end of the day, what I know is that really famous people are really cool, predominantly, and they're not full of shit, predominantly. And I would I would probably think that the the Unford guys may have had a bad day on set and thrown a couple of hissy fits, but in general, I think everybody's the same. They're, they're actually not that bad. Uh, you tend to find with celebrities that the people around them are far worse than the celebrities themselves. 
and uh, like the, the the managers and the PR people. And yeah, it, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. You've got to you've got to create a reason to exist. So your reason to exist is to create demands that the star wants, except the star doesn't actually want it. Um, we did a, a concert in Emmerinche Dam, and the, the the list of the list of requirements for the actual the international uh, pop star dude that was coming out to sing a licky or five for the ladies on the dam. Are you not mentioning his name for a reason? No, I'm not. But no, but I still have to work in this time. But the, the the list of the list of requirements on paper was like everything from you know imported. Um, Spanish, you know, lemons handpicked by a lesbian on the <laughs> southern side of the, um, Valencia Hills, which he wanted for his lemon tea. Um, and when we sort of went back and said, well, listen, dude, um, this is what we're giving you. And it's a pretty standard catering ride. And it's what we've done around, like for other people as well. He was fine with it. Um, we had a similar scenario with, uh, Schwarzenegger, who's, uh, transport requirements were a fleet of seven series German luxury vehicles. Oh shit, I've said seven series. Okay, BMWs. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not at my best this morning. Um, and so we literally had to go to BMW South Africa and, and borrow like five seven series because you can't rent a seven series from Avis. They look at you and go, compete says no. And, and so we did it and it was quite complex because he was in oh, Sun City and he was in Durban, uh, sorry, Sun City and Joburg and Cape Town. So we had 15 seven series, not five seven series. And Schwarzenegger arrived and said, well, I'm with my family and how are we going to travel in five cars? And we waggled furiously at the, the, the rider that the management had sent out and pointed proudly at our fantastic delivery. Um, with a man from BMW South Africa on my right hand shoulder wanting to shake his hand and he ended up driving around in a combi. He ended up literally bundling his whole family into a combi and traveling around with his feet on the dashboard and his big cigar out the window. And, and my, my point is that, <laughs> this started with the Antwerp, don't forget. My point is that, that, that very often these personas and the issues around celebrities and stars have nothing to do with, with the guys themselves. They're actually normally, normally straight down the earth, straight down the line, human beings who just want to get on with their lives. And if you don't treat them like celebrities, they're actually, they're actually even better. Yeah, because I think that they, that they long for that, to not have this constant ambush of people wanting to sort of prop you up and treat you like a well, celebrity. Well, there's a very, that, I mean, interestingly enough, that's a really good news piece about South Africa in that we don't really, compared to the rest of the world, we have, don't have a celebrity culture. People don't get it. You can, as Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt, come here and have kids. Oh, buy kids. You, you, you can. <laughs> did I say that out loud? You can. You can, as Harrison Ford, wander around the waterfront and have a meal. That would never. Oh, and, and the South Africans like walk by and go, "Ooh, it's Harrison Ford," and everybody points and like does selfies in the background. But nobody actually bombards the guy and sticks their finger in his plate of food and licks his ear and. Tries to have a photograph. You know, what I mean, it, we're really tolerant of of uh, big celebrities, um, and that's that, that's a really good point for the country. It's why a lot of and it's helping our film industry. The Cape Town Film Studios booked up for four years in advance right now, simply because a we're a cheap country to produce films, and we've actually become the next Croatian Serbia apparently in terms of filmmaking. Oh wow, that's um, that's, a, that's pretty amazing. But the other part of that is because the celebs can actually come here and mingle. They don't feel that oppressive, um, paparazzi, you know, raged, fueled, running around, dangling off a tree, trying to get a photograph. Even our paparazzi are polite. Our paparazzi in South Africa are polite. Like, okay, I mean, it's normally you or Heat magazine, which they have like three <laughs> photographers for the entire world, but. Um, you know, it's like, excuse me, do you mind if I take a photograph? Thank you, bye. Um, you know, and that's really cool. It's good that it's good that we are able to offer a refuge from the insanity of fame. Yeah, um, they're, they're filming a lot of series out here as well at the minute, aren't they? I mean, I know series is is series is 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 is, 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 is. The, plur- the plural of which is series. Is, 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 is. Yeah, that's that's what I was going for. Um, Siri, they they filmed um, Strike Back out here. The Strike Back, yeah. and they did uh, Homeland. Homeland. Yeah. Homeland down in Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, we've, again, we've got a, we've got a really good, really good, very high quality, uh, series of professional skills that aren't that expensive when you're paying in US dollars. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons. We also apparently have, uh, one of the best, uh, weather ratios. 
So say, filming in Europe and whatever, you have to write off, you know, 20% of your shooting days to weather and snow and sleet and, and hurricanes and things. And here we, except for the old tornado in Bloemfontein, which I think got lost, um, <laughs> we generally don't have a huge amount of weather issues. He said looking out of the window at the rain. I guess in this country as well, we have a lot of different um, types of landscape. So you can kind of imitate other countries' landscapes in South Africa, depending on where you are. I mean, we have such a wide range from Durban to Cape Town to Johannesburg that it's... What was the Jennifer Lopez movie? Up. The Cell. They but filmed all of the desert scenes up in Namibia. Mm. Yeah, that was a hectic movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I have, yes. Pretty crazy. Some of the other things that happened this year, which are, which are really cool, come out of Coca-Cola. And uh, Andrew, you'd know a lot about that, but we're going to kick it off. Nikki mentioned something which was phenomenal. Yeah, um, I wasn't 100% sure what it was called, um, and Andrew will probably correct me on this, um, but it's when they had the they had the two Coke machines in the two um, countries that are actually fighting against each other. And what happened is when you bought your, your cool drink out of the machine, um, it actually brought up a video live feed for the machine that was in the opposite country. And you could actually, the idea was that smile for your Coke, um, Coca-Cola that is, um, <laughs> <laughs> So, so you know, you're able to – it's kind of breaching that gap and, and kind of making people see that actually people on the other side are actually friendly. You know, it's actually not as, as angry as what uh, as it all happens to be. And I kind of thought that was kind of quite cool. Totally. It was India and Pakistan, right? Yeah, it's called the Small World Machines. It's a, it's a multi-award-winning campaign. So Coke, Coke's – so I need, to, I need to probably declare, I think, Coke's one of my clients. So I know a little bit about – how Coke works. We're just going to plug them a little bit. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, so Coke have got a really interesting philosophy around marketing and the strategy of communicating their brand and they are the biggest brand in the world and they've, they've sort of, you know, claimed that space and they work really hard at it. And without giving too much away, there's, there's a formula they use in terms of the way that they spend their marketing budget. And about uh, around 10% of, of, of how they market is is specifically around this sort of truly uh, innovative, content-rich, exactly what we're doing now, talking about just stuff and the way and cool ideas. And, uh, and uh, the, the Small World Machine is one of those where, I mean, the basic concept is there's a machine in Pakistan with a video camera looking at a machine in India. And... Um, the idea was that you t- you connected through the Coke machine with people that you possibly may have felt differently about before that time. It had nothing to do with the can of Coke and everything to do with the connection. Um, it was a great campaign. It's still on YouTube and you know racking up millions of views. And and I think I think over and above you know the brand building side, the physical can of Coke and 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 whatever it did for. For the, the the actual product itself, I think it's a really really cool message, and I think it's something that should be done more. No, totally. And they they've done a couple of things this year. One of the things that they did in uh, in Johannesburg is they created a rainbow out of a building. At the top of a building, they put these uh, sort of prism glass mirrors however they worked it out, and it caught the sun at a right angle. And they did it for um, it was for uh, June the 18th, I think, was the right date. Mm. The 20 years of freedom celebration. And they created a real rainbow out of nothing that just, it took over the whole of Johannesburg, this huge rainbow. Um, and it was there for a couple of days. It was really, really beautiful. That's really amazing. pretty. That's actually really cool. Yeah, Coca-Cola are just doing amazing things. And again, I'm not punting them because they, they're not my clients. I just, I just think that they do... They do good stuff, and, and and that's why we're here. We need to be speaking about the good stuff. So um, I've got I've got a very interesting story. I'm changing subject slightly, but I have got an interesting topic here. Uh, Brent, go one, for it. One for you. What do you think? Because I think I think part of the way we exist these days is search engines. What do you think some of the top searched keywords on Google were in 2014? Uh, go. Uh, okay. Um, are we, hashtags? No, just words. No, no, no. I'm saying hashtags. Nope. So that wasn't one of them. Uh, best place to visit South Africa? Nope. Midget porn. You suck at this. Maybe I do. Can Nikki? you give me a clue? Um, Google Maps. Yeah, uh, I would Google that all the time. Brave 
Mildly innovative, but very wrong. Uh, I was so positive then. I was like, yes, I've got one. Okay, so I'll give you some of them. iPhone 6. Oh. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Robin Williams. Oh, wow. Yeah. World Cup 2014. Well, look, we can speak about that. Flappy Bird made the top 10 list of searched Do, items. So Flappy Bird was a game that this guy created, and it, it's a really, really stupid game. Uh, it's a little bird. It's not stupid. Ask anybody that's trying to get past pipe number 17 you can't. how stupid it there's, is. There's no way to do it. It's, it's, it's like Flappy Bird, the less popular version of Angry Birds. No, no, no. no. So you got, you, it could be. Um, you got this little bird, and the bird has to fly in between pipes that they've created. And you've got to try to get him to fly by pushing the screen or pushing up or whatever the deal is. But you can never, ever go further than like level 10. I'm sure people have, but it's incredibly difficult. The funny story about Flappy Bird is the the guy that created it, he was so overwhelmed because it it went viral. It was one of the things that went viral. He was so overwhelmed by this game going viral that I think he took it off the iTunes store. Well, okay, so there was a slight... (laughs) So so a couple of of things. He did take it off the iTunes store. There was a slight legal issue in that he stole all of Mario Brothers' artwork. So the well, there's a, there's a problem. I was going to say, there's, a, there's just a small problem that you're going to have there. <laughs> I do feel Mario Brothers might win that. Um, if anybody's ever played Flappy Bird, the pipes that you're busy jiggling your bird through were borrowed from Nintendo. Um, so, I mean, he never really intended it. Nintended it, ha ha ha, to get as big as it did, and there was a lot of pressure. And suddenly, he's selling something he couldn't support. He was a one man. He was making fifty thousand dollars a day. Don't kid yourself. So, you know, in a in a couple of weeks, he's got enough to pay for the rest of his education and probably adopt a small Lithuanian child. But the point is that he um, took it down because of the the legal the, issues, the unwanted pressure, and the legal issues, and couldn't support a product that he was selling in a hobby. And iTunes got angry with him and. A whole bunch of things, and that's just the way it works. What's uh, what? What else do you have on the list there? Um, Oscar Pistorius. Oscar Pistorius. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, that has to be up there. What about the, Malaysia um, Airlines? Look, the, uh, I mean, it's so sad, but the stuff that they're googling is not good news. Oscar Pistorius no. was—it's the darkest sort of the darkest media frenzy that South Africa has ever had, and we all had these international eyes on us, and and it's not going to stop. It just, they, they're redragging everything out. They are re-putting it into the courts and it will continue. It's, it's just something that will never go away. We're going to carry him around with us pretty much forever. Most searched male celebrities, and I don't mean that in the airport sense of search. I mean that in the Google sense of search. Uh, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt there, but he, didn't he get the top album sales in, in the, the UK? UK? He did. Ed Sheeran is one of the greatest things. I mean, he, he, Came out, not came out. His music, his albums. He released them uh, an album in 2012 or 20 whenever. And but this album, his new one, has just gone. It's blown out of the water. It's one of the most phenomenal um, artists of 2014. I love him. I think he's amazing. And he's ginger. He he is. Ugh. But he's also he's also not the only ginger that's amazing. In the immortal words, in the immortal words of Tim Minchin. Only a ginger can call another ginger ginger. Okay, and with that, we'll be back in a sec. Give us a call if you have any questions or if you want to get involved in the conversation. We're chatting about the good stuff. I'm Brendan DeCue, and you're on Cliff Central. Uh, call us, 0861-555-189, or you can get in touch on Twitter with cliffcentral.com or myself, Brendan DeCue. We'll be right back. <laughs> That was a scarf full of stars by Robin Schultz. I'm loving Robin Schultz at the moment. He is really, really incredible. His his stuff. I mean, he released an album, and out of it, I don't know. There's like six or seven singles that are just chart topping. He does that, uh, the waves one. My head on the wall. Oh yeah, I maybe love I, that song. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't sing. <laughs> Well, um, weren't you doing Cliffmas carols last week? You know what? I'm a I'm almost a professional singer. I was going to say, come, 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 come! You know what? On New Year's Eve, we are throwing the most rocking party in Johannesburg. It's going to be unbelievable. I might sing. It might happen. Did you notice that I left the country for Cliffmas carols? <laughs> you know what? 
Don't be a hater. Uh, Cliff Miss Carol's was amazing, and and we do put on good events. We put on great events. Uh, Cliff Rocks, which is going to be at uh, Hard Rock Cafe on New Year's Eve, is gonna be unreal. It's it's actually the lineup is amazing. It's uh, we got Gareth Cliff that's going to be on the decks. O'Neill. Aria Kalman's going to be on the decks. We've got a whole bunch of the Cliff Central crew that are going to be there. Um, and we're going to just throw a booming, booming, booming party. Uh, we, we are looking for suggestions as to what we were, we're going to do. Um, Gareth spoke about this on his show, I think, last week. But we want to take over Johannesburg. We want it to be the ultimate New Year's Eve party. So we're looking for like that New York ball dropping, whatever it is. We I want to do it. I beg your pardon. You know, that's our role. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good a part of your balls drop. <laughs> this is what we're saying. Oh, I see what you mean. Sorry. You know, you've got to go there to the gutter. Um, we were just chatting off air while you guys were listening to Robin Schultz. And there are, there are South Africans really making waves. And it has been a great year for South Africans. We have, I mean, on Sunday, Miss South Africa got crowned as Miss World. Yeah, and um, also there wasn't that, that poll not so long ago where Johannesburg actually wasn't didn't rank in the world's worst cities, well, most dangerous cities, which that's, I think is also quite cool. That's a bonus. The fact that every city was in South America, I think, says something about this. <laughs> Large Nicaraguan drug drug dealers wandering around with guns. Yeah, yeah, our ta- yeah. makes our taxi drivers look tame. <laughs> <laughs> um, other South Africans that have made waves, excuse the pun, this year, Chad Leclerc has done amazing things. He's really, really doing amazing stuff in sports. It's incredible. That was his dad. Yeah. His dad. Bert. He said unbelievable. 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 That's what he did. Uh, and then Trevor Noah. He's, yeah, he's got his own place on the John Stewart show now. Yeah, and there was that show. Uh, it, it was all over Facebook the past couple of weeks. Um, where I think it was actually a, a take of his first show. So it's obviously quite an old show, but it's obviously only just reached here now. Um, and they're talking about the differences between America and South Africa. And basically, Trevor Noah shows some pictures and he asks John to choose which picture is the picture from America and which picture is the picture from South Africa. And the, the first picture that he shows is one picture of roads full of potholes and not looking very nice. And then the other one is one of our beautiful highways here, actually. And obviously, they choose the wrong one for which which belongs to which country. And I think it just actually shows that as much as people think that South Africa is is down in the slums and isn't doing so great, um, it actually shows that, in actual fact, people get it wrong. They do. And we, I mean, we're doing amazing stuff in South Africa. And again, South African people. Trevor Noah has now got a place on Jon Stewart's show. That's that's unheard of. He's a comical genius. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think people realize how difficult it is to make it in the States. I mean, to put it into perspective... Robbie Williams never, ever, ever broke America. He never got it right there. Uh, Parlotones have just come back after a couple of years of trying to break into the States and going from being a really big fish in a small pond to being a really small fish in a big ocean. Um, and I think Trevor's doing really good stuff. Um, I think it's, it's our sense of humor is materially very different to America. So to, to be clever enough to adapt your sense of humor to work for a different market, but still retain your sense of identity from a South African perspective. And I know he uses it for a lot of his material. I get it. But, um, I think he's done a really phenomenal job. We should be phenomenally proud of Trevor. We are. He's, he's one of our good exports. You chatted about it was all over Facebook. Social media is massive. And this year has been a crazy year for viral campaigns and stuff. I mean, good stuff going viral. Uh, Neck nominations. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had the neck nominations. We had the ALS bucket challenge. Um, there was one called... Which the- was a direct spin-off of yours. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Not blushing or anything. There was a uh, there was meals that count in India. Instead of the ice bucket challenge, they did the rice bucket challenge, where they were cooking rice for their neighbours. They weren't pouring rice on themselves. I was going to say that would be. <laughs> they were um, they were cooking rice for their neighbours and and actually feeding people that needed it. Uh, so there's been some really awesome... I mean, you you shared a couple, Nick. So you had that... Um, yeah, there was that one where you had to post your five favorite pictures or your five best memories in pictures, which I think is quite a cool one because, again, that's just... It, 
that's nice to see on Facebook. Do you know, as you're scrolling through your news feeds and you see those pictures and people that have put nice pictures on it kind of overrides the dreary straight statuses that people like to put on and, and ruin your day with how dull they're feeling. Um, but yeah, at least, at least when you see those pictures, it actually make, cheers you up. And then to do your own as well. I mean, to search through all your pictures and five, find five of your favorite one is actually quite a task. I'm not a fan of them. Sorry. Of the viral campaigns? Uh, no, of the, the, oh, I've been nominated to post five pictures of my wombat for five days and I nominate five other people to do wombat pictures as well. I just. You can't, you can't say that because, um. I can like, say that. I just did. Well, I'm, take it back. I'm not a fan of them. <clears throat> what Nikki just said now is it, it did something for her and it made her feel good and, and to think about her friends and, and so it does do good. Okay. It's about the good stuff. Okay. Okay. And really the, the main thing for me on that is that it just re- removes or takes over those statuses that people put on Facebook where they're like, I ate a sandwich. I breathed in. I, I breathed out. Checked into I'm the gym. What I am. <laughs> um, one of the other things that is quite recent that went viral is the Get Me to 21 campaign. And we did have Jenna Lowe on the show a couple of weeks ago. Jenna Lowe, um, I, she got a really bad lung condition when she turned 17. She was healthy. She was fit. Uh, top student. She was active, sporty, but she started to feel really, really, really tired. Um, and she, like, fatigue kicked in. So she needed to have afternoon naps. Uh, she just short of breath. So her mom took her to the doctor and they found out that she had this really bad lung condition and she just deteriorated. Um, within a couple of weeks, she was on oxygen 24 hours a day. Uh, and she would only, when I interviewed her, she would sleep for most of the day because she had no energy. Jenna Lowe and, and with the help of her mom and a couple of amazing people started the Get Me to 21 campaign. And basically, uh, this, she started it when she was 19. The campaign was to get more people to join up as organ donors. And the more people that joined up, uh, the more people would be invited to her 21st. The whole concept went viral. Apparently, uh, the statistic of people that are that are joining the organ donor list on a daily or monthly rate is, is sitting at around 800. Jenna Lowe's campaign shot that up to almost 10,000 in, wow. in the months that, that uh, sort of followed. And, uh, and then I think it was on, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out the days here. It was last week, December the 11th. I got a phone call from someone who's part of the, the Jenna Lowe campaign and the get me to 21 campaign. And they told me that Jenna had received a donor. She, so kudos to the donor's family. Uh, obviously someone had to pass away to pass on those lungs, but it was a match. They put her on an emergency flight from Cape Town to Johannesburg. She had the operation and she's now in recovery. Wow. That's awesome. It's the most incredible news. So not only will we all be able to get to go to Jenna Lowe's 21st, but hopefully we'll get to go to her 31st and her 41st and, and to her 60th birthday. No, I, think, I think the real positive news out of that is not Jenna's story. It's the story of anybody that wants to say something and now has a voice. Um, Ten years ago, Jenna would have died. Sorry, that's the truth. And, and the power of social media has really, really revolutionized the way that... Uh, people are allowed to get their message across. Uh, Brent, you did it with uh, Nick Nominations and uh, went around the world um, being interviewed all over the world on various TV shows and literally physically, literally saving lives as a result of something that you did in South Africa. Um, and Jenna's story is, is pretty much the same in that, in that she, she didn't allow herself to become a victim. She used the opportunities that were at her fingertips on her phone to genuinely make her voice heard. The fact that there's a positive outcome to the sto- her particular story is amazing. Um, but the bigger, the bigger news for me from a positive perspective is the voice that people that didn't have voices before have had, be that in consumerism where you're bitching about KFC, uh, which I do quite often, or... <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're bitching about KFC or you're complaining about customer service on an airline or you're um, taking on a big corporate who 
drops your cell phone calls. It doesn't matter what it is. Ten years ago, um, as a consumer, as a person, as a personality, your complaint would have been a letter on a fax machine or an email in the inbox. And now, uh, like the guy did in... Um, uh, just off Bayers. Just off Bayers in World War Center when he got pissed off with a cell phone company. You actually have the ability to do something about it now, and the world, I think, is ready to listen. And I think, I think Jenna's story is, is a really, really good example of, of the power of being positive, ironically, and not being a victim, and not allowing what you're doing to get you down, but doing something about it. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it's really cool. One thing that I've, always, that, that I believe in, one thing that is my truth and, and something that, uh, catapulted me to where I am today is I believe if you change one thing, you have the ability to change everything. That is my mantra. That, that's really the truth. And it's exactly what Jenna did. They came up with a concept. They changed one thing and her life has been saved, which is, I mean, Full stop. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about it before. I mean, microactivism is is alive, and and the, the principle of being able to do something yourself that actually physically makes a difference. Be it Jenna uh, starting a, a viral campaign to get to twenty one, um, etc. It doesn't matter what it is, but but the consumer, I think, is more powerful. The customer, the person, the individual, is more powerful than they've ever been in their ability to change physically and literally change the way things happen and things roll out and things go down and things are perceived. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't underestimate the power of that and we shouldn't ignore that and we shouldn't let opportunities go, go astray. Um, do it, try it, make, make one small difference and make one small change every day. And that power of collective momentum um, will make a difference. It may not be the difference you want. It may not be something that you can see with fireworks going up in the air and naked girls and stripper poles dancing around. But, <laughs> but if that's what you want, but but something will happen. Something will change, and that change might be really, really small, or it might be really, really big. It doesn't really matter. The fact is that you're doing something about it, and you are making a difference. I'm excited for for the first of February. Can I get off my soapbox now? <laughs> no, we've still got eight minutes. Just just hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, I. I'm excited for the 1st of February because I'm planning on rehashing the change one thing aspect. And there, there's, I'd love my listeners to all get involved. We're going to get Cliff Central involved as well. There's going to be good stuff happening. And uh, I'm excited. That's going to be super, super fun. Are you going to mention the conference? The conference is happening also in February. So we're going to be doing a change one thing conference where we'll have business people. We'll have people that are influential speaking about how if you change one thing you can literally change everything and and that's the message that i want to get across there was that there was a story about saa or, or that no it wasn't saa it was an airline that needed to save money they didn't know how to do it it's the truth i've googled this it's real it's on it's, it lives Google on the, doesn't lie. it lives on the interweb uh, and they removed a couple of olives out of their salads and they landed up saving hundreds and thousands of dollars from just changing one thing. So that that's what the conference is all going to be about. But that's not the only thing that we're doing. So m- more to follow. You guys can sort of tune into my Twitter or my Facebook page and we'll keep you updated there. Uh, there's good stuff coming. One last thing that I want to chat about because we are almost done for the day, which is insane. I can't believe an hour has gone by. I always say, time flies when you're being kind, when we're chatting about the good stuff. The Photoshopping craze. So this year has been monumental for society. Celebrities are finally seeing the light. Excuse the pun. Thank God. Thank God. And they, they, media portrays a certain body type or sort, certain way that people should be. And we've got celebrities that are standing up and actually showing us that they're real people, just like you and I. And, and sometimes those things that you're looking up to are unobtainable. So you have amazing people like, uh, Megan Trainer came, she, this was her year to shine. All about that base. Put down the Photoshop. The words are amazing. She's she's talking about people being real, which I think is super rad. We had Colby Callett who did that music video where during the music video, everybody takes their makeup off. So instead of it being all dolled up, everybody removes their makeup, even her, the singer. And you see the lines in her face. You see the blemishes. She's real. It's like that. Um, I don't know if you saw the Dove advert. The, um, they did it. A- 
Dove do amazing things. They do. Um, they did something quite a while ago, actually, where the ad was showing you. So the the start of the ad was the finished product. So the picture in the magazine of the beautiful lady with the perfect skin, the perfect hair. Then it kind of goes in rewind and slowly, step by step, takes off the makeup, takes off, changes what the what the Photoshop did. So not only the makeup, but what actually they're doing with the computer once they've taken the picture. Um, and changed all that and then showed you what the original the the original lady looks like and comparing her to what the finished product looks like if you saw them you wouldn't even think they were the same person and i think that's and then obviously then they went on with the campaign of using everyday women for all of their ads that's amazing they mm. they really do amazing stuff and and I, I hope we see more of it i hope in 2015 that that's one of the things that we see more of people do the good stuff uh we pretty much run out of time we're going to be closing the show today with one of my mates uh he lives in the the us of a united states of america independence <laughs> and uh and he's an amazing dj his name is dj earworm he creates these incredible mashups he takes every year the top 25 songs off the billboard billboard top 25 have we got the song there andrew you look uh, a bit nervous yeah i have it's the billboard top 20 the Billboard Top 20. And he uh, he mashes them all up together. But the most amazing thing that he does is that he makes a new song out of it. So it's not just putting songs together. It actually makes sense, which is really cool. Yeah, I, th- I think I think why, why Earworm is so good as well um, is, especially in this case with the, um, with the United States of Pop uh, work, is that he doesn't pick the songs. So he doesn't sit there and go, this song works great with this song. Whatever ends up on the Billboard uh, charts, he works with, and I think that's he's yeah he's a he's a great guy, um, but he's super talented. That's the good stuff for this week. I can't believe it's all over. Nearly Christmas. We'll be back next week. Uh, We'll be sharing more of the good stuff more of the time. So you guys can tune in. If you want to catch up on any any of the other good stuff, we're available on iTunes. All our podcasts are there. I'm going to leave you with this nugget before we go. Andrew, next, it's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. I'm going to leave you with this. Be kind for everyone's facing a battle. And ain't that the truth. It's the day of reconciliation. Remember that. We're all human. We're in South Africa together. This is DJ Earworm with the United States of Pop 2014.